0: let 's pray, <laughs> God, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for him giving himself up for rebels like us, idolaters like us. I pray this morning that you 'd help us help us to see that we are worshipers who do don 't do it right give us give us um, Your spirit's conviction this morning and encouragement in Jesus' name, Amen. All right. Well, last week's question: What is sin? Mr. Matt, Pastor Matt, did that. Can anybody besides Norma try it? An answer to it? Disobedience and without regard, basically living without
1: regard.
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 Good. Here's the full long answer. <laughs> but it, the, you got the gist of it right there. Sin is rejecting or ignoring God and the world he created, rebelling against him by living without, that's where you're talking about that, without living without reference to God, not being or doing what he requires in his law, resulting in our death and the disintegration of all creation. Oof, that is Oof, I think that's a robust definition of sin, isn't it?
2: Um. I think the Nargoni children can tell you there was an example I did to help them understand. It was a horrible example. Oh,
0: Liam, please tell me. He said slap the king. That is horrible. He went straight for the juggler, didn't he? Slap the baby. Yeah. Guys, we need to talk about Matthew 18 and Pastor Matt. I mean, that's just...
2: I I had to tell them 20 times after church, I've never slapped a baby.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, this week's question, before I introduce this week's question, and if I could have Liam and Crusoe, can you be my volunteers? You're being voluntold, we call it. (laughs) Can you just pass those out to people? Thank you. Let me ask you a question... Any of you, particularly children, but I know us adults do this. What do you daydream about? I'll tell you. If you can see out that window, there's a white truck right there. And I daydreamed for two weeks about it before I picked it up yesterday. And actually, I had like all kinds of nervousness because there is a, I won't say it because we're recording. I I got rid of my hybrid is all I can say. (laughs) And I'm really thankful for that. But I daydreamed a lot, probably too much, about that out there. What do you guys daydream about? What's what's on your brain all the time? Wesley. Uh, uh, He daydreams about a Windows computer. Why would anybody want a Windows computer, right? (laughs) Josh. A A new guitar. Like... How often would you say you daydream about your new guitar? Wanting a new guitar?
1: Uh, how
0: many times per hour
2: you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: about five or six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think this week, probably every ten minutes, my brain was like, no, no focus. <laughs> right? What else? Liam, what do you daydream about? A new key guitar. A new what kind a of gu- guitar? A key, a guitar. A keytar, oh, a keytar, yes, <laughs> that would be awesome. But we're gonna have to do the, the mohawk or something if you do that. No, you know what we daydream about? Know
2: what a keytar is?
0: Okay, do you remember the '80s guitars that well? They looked like a guitar, but it was a keyboard. Oh,
2: right, a keytar. Do we need to say what bands have?
0: I think Striper had one. Yeah. <laughs> Wesley? An accordion. An accordion? You want an accordion? I really, really,
2: really want an accordion. There's somebody in this sanctuary that knows how to play an accordion.
0: Really? Right now? At the moment?
2: They don't have one, but they did know how to play one.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh you? <Yeah. laughs> there are occasionally songs that I'm like, I'd love to have just that sustained sound there. Yeah. Right. We she taking accordion lessons? I know, we were in grade school. So I'd stand outside the window and come play wait, football. Wait till we're getting down with the recording lesson we go play football. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. Well, you know, what we daydream about can give us insight into what a lot about ourselves. Like how much time we're daydreaming on one particular subject, how much we want it or were afraid of it, really kind of gives us insight into our hearts, actually. Um, And that's really what this week's question is about. And this week's question is, what is idolatry? And I think we're going to be able to memorize finally this one together because it's not really long. Let's read it together. Idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the creator for our hope. And happiness, significance and security. Let's try it again without one word already. I'll remind you what it is. Trusting. Okay? Trusting. Idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the creator for our hope and happiness, significance and security. Um, did I did you do that for me? We'll 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 skip that one this time. All right. What I would like you to do, Wesley, though, is start that video for me. Hopefully the sound will work here.
1: The last catechism answer showed us that sin was rejecting, ignoring, rebelling against God, uh, not treating God as God, not giving him the honor that is his due. Now, in the Bible, the most frequently described way that human beings do that is through the sin of idolatry. Idolatry is loving anything more than Jesus Christ. Idolatry is treating anything as more important than Jesus Christ for your meaning in life, for your happiness, for your security and hope, for your self regard. The reason why it's so important to understand the sin of idolatry is that it can be growing in a part of your life for a long time and get very deep in your life without it right away leading to very clear, very visible and easily seen violations of God's law. So for example, if affluence and your career have become too important to you, they become idols, that can lead you to working too hard and exhaustion, it can lead you to becoming ruthless. Uh, it can block the development of a loving heart and the fruit of spirit. It can thin out your relationships. It can hurt your family relationships. It can hurt your friendships. And all these things can be going on for a long time before it leads to a real overt example of lying or cheating or adultery, even though making an idol of career and affluence, idolatry does lead to those things. So. What's important to grasp is this, that sin is not just doing bad things. It's turning good things into ultimate things because it ruins your soul, destroys community,
0: and dishonors God. Perfect. Very good. What did you say turning good things into... Ultimate, ultimate things. things. And that... There we go. Oh, are you clicking? There we go, right there. So those things that we daydream... A kitar, is that a bad thing? No, oh, we'd say it's a really good thing. A couple of us here. <laughs> as long as we don't wear leather pants. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's when those, when those things that we daydream about, it doesn't have to be daydream, right? When those things in our lives become ultimate things, That's when that becomes a bad thing. For instance, Liam, if you're willing to go to Sweetwater in Indiana in the middle of the night with a hammer, (laughs) right? We know that that keytar has become an ultimate thing because you're willing to break the law to get it. So one way we know something has become an idol in our life. And everybody can remember this. If you remember nothing else today of what I say... A thing is an idol if I'm willing to sin in order to get it, or if I sin when I don't get it. Okay? I am willing to, like he said, they kind of grow in you. and You don't initially start lying, but when you start lying about that thing, you know that this thing has become an ultimate thing to you. Or if you start lying to get the thing, right? So let's keep going here. Idolatry is trusting in created. That's the two blanks. Mm -hmm. Things rather than creator. So let's try it together. Idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the creator for our hope and happiness, significance and security. So where do we get this question from? I'm going to kind of go quickly through this in the Bible, but you need to kind of help me out. First of all, the most obvious answer is, which which commandment is this? Not making graves and images. Second, or is it first? There's one God, right? You should have no bowing down, right? Number two, this is the second commandment. We're talking about gods, little gods that we've made, not the God, right? Okay, but oh, this is really tiny. I know that. So, you can look it up in your Bible, but I wanted to pull it all on the screen so you could see it all together. So, if you can't see it all together, maybe you have to look um, in your Bible. But this passage from Isaiah 44 is so interesting because it talks about someone who makes an idol. You won't find it in that one, Liam. That's only half the Bible, <laughs> it's a New Testament. Like, why do we do that? It's free, right? Let me read this. And as we read this, I want you to think about this question of why does idolatry not make any sense? I was going to use the word irrational. Adults, we know what that means. But what this guy does doesn't make any sense. But we do it all the time. Isaiah forty-four thirteen through 20, and it's right up there. The carpenter stretches a line. He marks it out with a pencil. He shapes it with planes and marks it with a compass. So the carpenter... He's preparing to make something. He shapes it into the figure of a man. So he carves it out with the beauty of a man. So it's a beautiful figure to dwell in a house. So he's going to put that thing he carved into a house. So how does he do it? He cuts down a tree, cedars, or he chooses a cypress tree or an oak and lets it grow strong among the trees of the forest. He plants a cedar and the rain nourishes it. Then it becomes fuel for a man. He takes part of it, the tree, cuts it down, right? And warms himself. He kindles a fire and he bakes bread on it. Also, he makes a God (laughs) and worships it. He makes an idol and falls down before it. Half of it, he burns on the fire. Over that half, he eats the meat, roasts it and satisfied. Also, he warms himself and says, aha, I'm warm. I've seen the fire. And the rest of it he makes into a God, his idol, and falls down to worship it. He prays to it and says, deliver me for you are my God. They know not, nor do they discern, for he has shut their eyes so that they cannot see, and their hearts so that they cannot understand. No one considers, nor is their knowledge or discernment to say, Half of it I burned in the fire. I also baked bread on the coals. I roasted meat and have eaten. And shall I make the rest of it an abomination? Shall I fall down before a block of wood? Read this next line. Oh my goodness. He feeds, he eats ashes, like the ashes from a fire, the fire that he burned with. A deluded or a tricked heart has led him astray and he cannot deliver himself or say, is there not a lie in my right hand? So I want you to say, see what you see in here. Why does this, how does this show us that idolatry doesn't make any sense? What is this, this story telling you that shows you that idolatry doesn't make any sense? He, it, it, there's complete deception. But, but what's the crazy part about this? Wesley? It's a block of wood. <laughs> right? It's <laughs> a block of wood. Where did that wood come from? Ultimately. Wesley? The Creator. The cr- it came from the of the ground, but so God put the seed in the ground. Right? And God, who, who sent the rain? It says. Right? It says there's rain. Well, how did the rain get there? How did that tree grow? How did it come from a seed? It makes no sense to take that thing that you had no, it it in itself didn't do a thing to make itself grow, did it? And yet he worships the thing. And this is a story actually about our hearts. Because this is what it's about. Like, idolatry, we do the same thing. Like, we do the same thing. I'm not going to give you too much because that's what we're going to do next. So if it's senseless to do this, why it doesn't make any sense to do, then why in the world would we do it? So let's look at the next passage real quick. Romans 1, if you have your Bible in front of you or you can actually read that really tiny print, says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Let me just interrupt there. The question we're trying to answer is you read this passage. There's lots in here, but what we're just trying to ask is, Why in the world would we still do this? What does this passage say is the reason that we still worship other things other than God? Who by their own, their unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creator, great creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So just reading that, what insights about us as humans do you see here that shows why in the world we might still be doing that crazy thing that Isaiah 44 talked about? There's several things in there you can see. What do we like as humans that shows us we have just a natural tendency to do that? don't because our foolish hearts are darkened. darkened. The reason we still continue to do this silliness is because there's the darkness in us. And apart from the spirit of God doing something in our heart to open eyes and ears and hearts, we have a darkness in us that says, I'm going to go, 'Hmm, I think that tree looks like it's awesome. I'm going to worship it. Or I'm going to worship a truck. It's probably going to have an oil leak within a year. <laughs> right? It's, it's crazy because what do I do? It says I exchange the truth about God. What is the truth about God? What's one of the truths about God as it relates to gifts? What's that, Teresa? I just said that He is. Oh, there's the, that He is. That he is the one, he is the only one true God, and that he's the giver of all gifts. All gifts come from him. Why would I think that I have anything that didn't come from him? That's what we do. Okay, let's keep moving on, though, because I want us to dig into what, where, what this means, idolatry, and how does it look in our lives. But let's try this again ourselves. It's trusting, trusting. In created things rather than created. That's the blanks. Let's say it together. Idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the creator for our hope and happiness, significance and security. Let's try it without the hope and happiness. Idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the creator for our hope and happiness, significance and security. OK to go ahead and start that video. So he's on a radio interview. That's why he's on the phone this whole video. You're like, why is he holding the phone to himself?
3: The word idol or idolatry is simply a shorthand for what am I doing with God or with something that's not God when something bad is coming out of my life. And if think of a situation, say somebody does something that hurts you. What? And, and my reaction is I complain, I get irritated, I get judgmental, I make a negative comment, or maybe I'm too polite to make the comment, but I think it. The horizontal behavior is the emotion and the thought and the words that come out of our mouth. But behind that, there's something but we all know the Bible tells me I am to forgive, I am to be merciful, I am to forbear, that when I raise, if, if I think there's a problem, I should raise it directly, but it should be with a constructive intent. So whenever there's a destructive strand to my thinking and emotions and, and actions and words, there's something under that we could call an idol, such as I insist and demand that I be treated with respect, and if you don't treat me with respect, I and like some pagan god that throws lightning strikes at you. Or, my will be done, you know, today I, you know, I'm supposed to get to my appointment when I want to, and why is there a traffic jam? And I curse and grumble and complain about the Department of Transportation. Why did they have the impertinence to, to dig up the road that I'm traveling on? And you know, those, those seem like such simple things, but you realize that behind being anxious socially, or complaining, or in a situation where life is hard, and you know, maybe you run to the refrigerator and just feel this overwhelming urge to have a little of ice cream. And if God is supposed to be my refuge in trouble and a very present help in affliction, but whenever I'm in trouble or affliction, I go flip on the TV or I go eat. What behind my action? there's a spiritual action that is saying the ice cream or the television or my will be done. That is driving it. And so one of the ways we might think about this is that every one of us all the time is simultaneously operating in the vertical dimension and the horizontal. So I'm either worshiping and trusting the true God or something else. And my actions and my thoughts and my feelings will express at some level very directly, whether I'm worshiping the one I should or whether I'm worshiping something that I've, you might say, tied myself to uh, in my fallenness.
0: Thoughts before I go on from that slide, read from that video. Okay, so here's the question. In our answer, it says idolatry is trusting, right, in created things. What does it mean to trust? And and we could figure that out, but let me give you a definition here. To believe in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So to trust means I believe that this thing is reliable or that there's truth here it has an ability or it has some kind of strength and it can be a thing or someone. That's trusting. I'm gonna put my hopes in it, right? I'm gonna believe in it, right? That's trusting. And what happens in idolatry is that we trust in the created things, right? That's what we saw in that Romans 1 passage, rather than the one who created those things. So what are some examples of Trusting. What are some examples of trusting? We, we obviously we're here at church. Trust Jesus. Right, okay, we got that one. Tell me some things that we also trust or people. Right. You have an implicit trust that we um, that these chairs are actually gonna work. <laughs> They're gonna hold you up. Josh. I'm trying to trust that my computer won't explode when I go play bass today. <laughs> <laughs> right? You have an implicit trust in its ability and reliability to do its thing. Wesley. I trust that my car engine will not fail and explode. Right? Also, I also trust that other people won't hit me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Like I pass for math. Like, Poor... Right. <laughs> 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 oh my goodness, that's funny. So, does this mean, because this, this catechism question says that idolatry is trusting in created things rather than the Creator, does that mean that we're to never put trust in these things? No, it can't mean that. Alicia? Well, I just, something that you said struck me um, that if we run to the refrigerator, if we run to exercise, if we run to something else, um, when we're in a moment or Getting an answer, it's that instant gratification. and I go, yeah, I up a bag of popcorn because, like, I get a certain feeling from that, even mm-hmm. though it doesn't change my circumstances. Yeah, and waiting on God is not a you don't get an instant answer from Him always, no, exactly. Yeah, Matt,
2: and I think I think that. Uh... I think really for this to make sense, you have to start thinking about why you do what you do, you know? Yeah. Like, why why am I...
0: We're going deep today, folks. We gotta, like, why do I tick?
2: Yeah, because there's things, I know you said earlier, there's things that in and of themselves are not sinful, but you can can identify some of these idols of the heart before they manifest
1: Mm -hmm. if
2: you start thinking about, why did I do that, or why did I do that?
0: Yeah, Josh. We don't
2: always do that. Uh, you
1: may have already covered this while I was out of the room, but uh, something I was always told was uh, anything, there's only one God, but anything can be a God to you if you think
0: about it more than God. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like what Alicia's getting at. If mm-hmm. if this thing that I, I, I should be going to God for a refuge in the midst of a trial, for example. That's just one kind of thing. If I go to this other thing, it's now become the God. Andrea.
2: Even in the way Alicia said and he said, it even adds another dimension to it to me. Well, I believe in the reliability, truth, and ability, and strength of other people to never sin, to never fail, to never do anything <clears throat> annoying or wrong, and when, when or, or you know, work, or it's all these situations, I want them to be perfect. And when I get mad, it's usually because I've expected that I expected that. And, and, and something has failed in my expectations.
0: Yeah. The question I was asking before these great comments, though, is, is it wrong to put any trust in that? Like, Wesley's example is, I, I trust that the engine's not going to blow up. I think that's a normal trust. But how much trust do I yeah. put into it, right? Not ultimate trust. It's not ultimate trust. I think yeah. the book, like, you know, I was just reading, I missed a good portion of the beginning, but our hope... Hope. Are we putting hope in these right? Things we, yeah. There's a difference between trusting that this chair isn't going to collapse on me when I sit down, but if my my life depends on whether this chair will hold me up or not, is a different situation. Absolutely. If you're trusting that your if your life is built around whether that chair is going to hold you up, we need a me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the, and then the, the question is. is what responsibility do we have? Do we have the responsibility to check it over, make sure that it's not wobbly when I sit down? With yeah, it? right. And so basically, it's a um, like to Wesley's point. I feel it's a mindfulness, thankfulness. Like God, thank you for my car, and I'm yeah. trusting you that you you've provided this. Yeah. So it's more of a changing your mindset and thanking God and being mindful of the things that Yeah, provided. exactly. And like, I've probably said this before, but it wasn't until I think like 2011 or 2012 of our marriage. And we've been married since 97. Really my first car. I got my first car in 93. From that point to about 2011, I never had a car that was worth more than $2,000. Like, beater after beater. And I really got literally every time I turned the key, if it started, I would say, God, thank you for, I was in such a habit of it. Mm-hmm. And then I, God blessed us. I was able to start getting a little bit nicer vehicles. And now I've bought a 12 year old truck and I'm probably back in that habit now. And Elena just bought a <laughs> her first car and I felt, I had so many memories helping her buy that little car. And and this morning, she doesn't know this yet, but she left her lights on last night in the back light. I got up this morning like, oh no, here we go. All right, get my coat on. I'm gonna go get the jumper cables. I'm fully expecting it. I got out there and turned it and it turned over. I'm like, praise the Lord. And I'm like, you're gonna want to get in the habit of that. Just giving God credit for that car starting. But here's the thing is it's really interesting and I'm gonna take two seconds to go off my notes, which is dangerous. We humans... If someone gets in the habit, and I, I say that word intentionally, of coming and sitting on any chair, and before they before they sit on that chair, they start examining it to make sure it's gonna hold them up because they've had bad experiences with chairs. Our quick maybe there might may be some judgment coming out of us when we see that person, but you get in that habit. That, that first response is coming from a heart that says, I'm afraid of this bad experience that happened to me, happening again. That's fear, and it's coming out of my heart, right? And I may do it over and over. Eventually, though, in the way our brains are made, that God made us, I'm going to start re- actually wiring paths in my brain that now I don't even think about why in the world do I check that chair every time I sit down. I'm now an autopilot. And this just gets at, we're talking about idolatry and trying to figure out what makes me tick. It gets to be really fuzzy, folks. (laughs) Because I may be of informed habits in my life that my brain is already conditioned. I I need somebody to help me stop and think about why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And it's that blurry line between, well, is this my body doing this? Or is this my heart? And I say, yep. (laughs) Your heart's always involved somehow in this. (laughs) And your body... Eventually he's going to be involved in this too. Matt?
2: I think uh, if you take that example you just gave and get rid of the chair and put person.
0: That's, I would said it in a way that you could just substitute yeah. about anything in there.
2: That's why, and you're right, it is very fuzzy because if if you've developed the your heart that like a certain relationship or relationships are where your hope and your happiness and your significance and your security comes from. And they're not gonna hurt me. And then people (laughs) let you down. Yeah. You start to be that way with people where every single person you keep at arm's distance, but then that's the fuzzy part because there is an element where people can still hurt you. Right. (laughs) And you go, okay, but the, the, the problem then becomes, I think what you're talking about, the problem is, if if they're the source, if, if you're going to let people be the source, of your, it's not about whether or not you trust somebody. It's about whether or not that's where your hope and happiness significance yeah, is here,
0: Right. From. Exactly. Let, hang on. We could talk about this. I love this topic because we could just talk really for a long, long time on this. Books on this topic. There are. I have lots of books on this topic. Yeah. And I could read them all and I still don't seem to repent very well. <laughs> um, so... That definition of trust there includes the reliability word. And I just want to kind of take this apart and think about it a little bit. and Help me out here. How do we believe in the reliability of a created thing sometimes more than the creator? I gave an example of my car. Any examples? Like, how do you see us or yourself or others believing in the reliability of a thing more than the creator? Science. So, science. For real, right? Some people have put everything, their stock in science. We're not going to say science is bad. We'd be like, you know, your spouse, the reliability of them delivering, right? And, And being who they say they are. And a lot of times we're not, are we? Josh. Mm. Oh, okay. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, please. <laughs> because we're going to fail. Right? We're going to fail. Wait, wait. <laughs> no, wait, no, no. No, 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 no I'm, not, I'm not
1: playing.
2: It
0: He's on a it. baby slapper and a... uh <laughs> oh, No, that's not right. <laughs> okay. For the <laughs> sake. I'm
2: I'm I will. Yeah.
0: Oh. Right. Expect that we'll fail. How about this? How do we believe, and this kind of is at the science part too. These are very synonymous, each of them a little bit. How do we believe in the truth of something more than the creator? We've made it more truth about something more ultimate than the creator. Just any place you go for authorities. Any, be, any. be like, well, they're, are authorities. So they have to be right. So whether it's a pastor,
2: institution, you know, medicine, school. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It
0: kind of falls in the like instant gratification category yeah. Yeah, too, because the solutions, well this group promises they'll fix this. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, you know, I can count on that, I can trust it. Uh, well even for the the specialist it's something tangible. Yeah. It's something that they can reason with and understand all of it is tangible. Yeah, we have as humans, we 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 slip into a mode where we think we actually know everything, Um, especially in the areas that we're really good at. Right. Um, As a as an I.T. guy with a specific actual expertise in some areas, I definitely struggle with this. I have to have a humility that says I could be wrong. It doesn't matter that I've got a patent out there on this concept. I could be wrong on something. And it, I begin to even believe in the truth of my own knowledge and skill. How about this one? How do we believe in the ability of something, of a created thing or someone, more than the creator? Josh? This $4,000
3: guitar, uh, $4,000 guitar is the only
0: thing <laughs> Right. That, 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 that thing, whether it's a... Uh, If I had blank, put that in your mind. Like, what is the thing that, okay, for me this week, last two weeks, it's really been going on for about a month. If I did not have this hybrid in my life that needs, has some weird mystery problem that either is going to cost a thousand bucks or six thousand bucks, literally, not a joke. The car wasn't even worth that six thousand. But we didn't know. And I kept thinking to myself, if I did not have that thing in my life, I could now get on with the rest of my life i would be happy i would be at least peaceful i knew it wouldn't deliver me happiness but i felt this i'd have some kind of peace and there's a measure of peace right because it's out of my hair you guys don't know that reference from the end of monster Zing. thank you thank you i w- i tried to google that on youtube and it wasn't even there I'm like man maybe people don't know about this and if i ever use it i'm going to be like that as a weirdo she's out of our hair right what how how about you i mean Believing in the ability of something to deliver.
2: Well, we, we look at society and, and we think if, if society would get its act together, then I'd be happy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Donna. I, I got a thing going on in my head. There's
2: a scripture, I think it may have been in the first uh, one, you should, where we are blinded by the things of this world. We are blind. And that's a very sad thing to be blind. Somewhere along wow. the are like, you've got to choose, am I going to believe the word and what God says, or am I going to remain blind? And I realize it's the power of God that takes away the veil. Yeah. But by the same time, this blind thing, it's, it's a scary thing to think that you can be blinded by the things of the world. Mm-hmm. Even good things. Yes. I think we, yeah. it's so easy to point them out, oh, that's obviously bad, it's a bad thing. So like friendships, if I just have a, I mean, it's been so many years. There were
0: times, seasons over like, well, we just had no friends, no support. All we have is friends. each other. And you think if I could just have that one person, or if our church would just be this,
2: or if people would stop doing that. Right. All yeah. That. Yeah. Josh. If you just have no
0: friends tonight. <laughs> there are those of us in the room. Josh.
2: If I could just get some of that their self-confidence, I'd be all right. Yeah.
0: Right? Okay, let's skip this next one. I think you're getting the picture. The last part of the catechism question says, they trust, we trust in created things rather than the Creator for something. What are we trusting them for? And it's kind of given us four categories that I think are very helpful categories because probably pretty much everything fits at least under one of these categories. So hope and happiness, significance and security. So what kinds of Things do we put our hope in and happiness, significance or security that we haven't already started to kind of bring to the surface? Money. Money. Mm. Yeah. We haven't talked about money, but that's like <laughs> security. it's the sec- it's the first marriage counseling topic, like the most counseled issues, is finance issues in marriage. <laughs> Josh. Daily routine. Daily routine. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And security in what sense? Like you could think there's multiple senses, isn't there? Like physical security of a building, financial, what's that? Your job, financial security, right? Peace, right? Exactly. Let me just give you a definition here at the end. I've got a couple of why does it matter things that we can talk about, but I've expanded the definition a little bit just to pull in what we've talked about. So I'd say that idolatry is when we believe in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something else other than the creator and giver of all things to give us hope, happiness, significance, and our security. So I'm running out of time. I want to go to the why does it matter part here. First of all, and I think this is the most important The second point I'm going to show you I think is only consequential or falls from this issue of idolatry. The first reason this matters is because we're made for worship. That's why God created us to worship him. And idolatry is the complete opposite of that, isn't it? It's when I'm giving myself and my hope and putting all my eggs in my one basket and he's not that basket. That's why this matters most because what is the greatest commandment? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If we're not doing that, this next part happens. It'll destroy you and your relationships. So I'm going to close with this next four minutes. If you can play this video for us, Wes, and then I'll pray. <laughs> Want? Want? Is it working? Oh, is it? We were. We were. And I'll do my best Paul trip impression if it doesn't work.
2: If it doesn't start soon, you're about to get the sign from the back. Yeah, I know.
0: If it doesn't start soon, I'm going to go. You know what? Here's what I'll do, folks. I will actually post this on Facebook group, on the Facebook page. You can watch it. And here's what you really just need to see, that when I have something other than God in his proper place, I'm going to be so self-absorbed, I will destroy those around me and myself. Because, as he says it for like a minute, I want I want, I want, I want. And he keeps saying it to the point where you're like, okay, I got it. (laughs) But that's really, it's, it's annoying how much our hearts are like that. So this just, all of this leads us to why we need Jesus, right? Because even though he opens our eyes, it's a little bit like having eyes with lots of cataracts, isn't it? Because I see all these spots and I can't see out clearly. And he's slowly clearing out the spots so that by the time he's done with me and takes me home, he's got me right where he wants me. Let's pray. God, I just thank you that you have sent a savior, that you're patient with us, knowing that we're just idle factories in our hearts. Um, Help us to run hard after you. Help us to pursue you and see that you are the one who's worth everything. In Jesus' name, amen.